Welcome, cycling fans. I hope you've been enjoying all the amazing guests that I've been bringing you on the podcast to date. And before we get started, I want to share with you an amazing way that you can coach with me this winter. So if you've been liking all my coaching segments, you're going to love this program. So it's my 16-week online winter road cycling training program. Say that 10 times fast. So I've been doing this program for over 15 years. It's been usually local, but now it's online, which is even more amazing because I can impact more cyclists this way than in studio. The way it works is you're going to learn valuable cycling skills, such as, have you ever asked yourself, first of all, how can I become a smoother, create a more smooth pedal stroke? Like, what are the four quadrants all these people have been talking about? And how can I get stronger on the hills? So here's the thing. It really comes down to the fundamentals and the basics skills of cycling, which when you get on your bike, you have nothing, you know nothing about. Now this is, that, and that's what I'm gonna drill into you over 16 weeks. So when you finish, you are gonna know how to create a smooth pedal stroke and be more efficient. You're gonna be climbing hills with much better technique. You're gonna be building your sprint base and your endurance base is gonna be much stronger. Now I have a special code for you. It's podcast in all uppercase to get $50 off either the VIP or the basic program. Now go to this website to check out what the differences are. Uh, basically the VIP is a much greater coaching program. So if you want more personalized coaching, goal setting, and we have a reported five to 20% increase in fitness. Can you imagine starting your spring with that kind of increase based on last year? So it's 16wkroadcycling.ca. So that's 16wkroadcycling.ca and use the code podcast to get $50 off. And if you have questions, just email me. I love to answer them. And I hope and look forward to coaching you to become better on the bike. I hope you enjoy the next episode. Have an amazing day. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome back for another episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew. And I have an amazing lady on as a guest today, and she is not from the cycling world. However, um, as you know, I've, I've uh, reviewed and I've uh, interviewed quite a few authors of cycling-related books. And this is where Miriam Laundry comes in. She's a fellow Canadian from uh, Niagara region. 
and she is a publisher. She just started her company. Um, she is the founder of Miriam Landry Publishing, the author of five best-selling and award-winning children's books. So not adult books, but children's books. So you parents, I want you to slide to the end of your chair and listen. Or even if you're um, somebody who has a great cycling journey that you're thinking about publishing or putting on paper, Miriam can talk. She specializes in kids' books. However, publishing is publishing, right? And uh, so, uh, yeah, so Miriam has award-winning children's books and is a Guinness World Record holder, is a dedicated businesswoman, caring mother, and passionate supporter of those chasing their dreams. I'm super excited. And also, before she comes out, how did I meet her? Again, I've mentioned this mastermind program that I have been in for the last six months. Miriam was in there. She was one of the ladies in my group. And uh, we've had the pleasure of being in working groups on calls. And I'm so excited to bring her on the podcast. Welcome, Miriam. Hi, Sylvie. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to get started. We have quite a few talking notes to target, but tell me how you got into your passion of publishing. Yes. Okay. So this brings me back to 2012. 2012 was, um, was the year my youngest son was born. I have four. Um, Lucas was born and the following oh, do day. Do you have a Lucas too? I do. A nine-year-old. How old is yours? Nine. <laughs> That's interesting. Yes. When was he born? <laughs> June 12th. Okay, February 19th. That would have been really funny. <laughs> yes, it must have been a popular name that year. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so that great, um, I mean, the birth of Lucas was amazing, but the following day, our family received tragedy, um, horrible news. We lost my niece to suicide. She was 17. And this just, uh, I mean, it was so hard for the whole family. I mean, I can only speak for myself. It was really difficult for me because I was still in the hospital with my fourth child. It was the only child for my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. So it just, it, it just really affected me. So probably um, five, six weeks later, my husband noticed I was not in a good place. So he suggested I attend um, a self-esteem seminar, a conference put on by Jack Canfield. So we had been to it the year before. So I went and it was an amazing week, right? 300 people all learning how to believe in themselves, how to take responsibility for their lives, how to set goals, you know, all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. And I just kept thinking, I wish my niece would have learned this when she was younger. I wish my kids would have learned this. Where would my life be had I learned those amazing, mm -hmm. I mean, just principles about life. Yeah. So on the flight home, I wanted to get home and teach my kids something that I had learned. And I thought, I just can't go home, go home and be mom, you know, hitting them over the head with the, <laughs> with, so with the good. message. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like telling them this is what you have to do with your life. Yeah, I couldn't do mm -hmm. that. So I thought I'm going to put it into a story. And that's when I wrote my first book. It's called, I Can Believe in Myself. And I took a little bit about what I had learned and it's about letting go of the word can't and switching it to mm -hmm. I can. I thought if children can learn at an early age that they 
can do things, that they can go for their dreams or for something that seems scary. And then maybe they can overcome those tough days. You know, that would, that was all I kept thinking about. So I published the first book. I self-published three in the I Can series and then later went on to published traditionally you have them in front of you oh look at them these are amazing you guys if you're listening to this um it's good there the link is above you can jump right onto youtube and actually look at some of the the book because i know miriam's going to be showing us more but Mm -hmm. those are great looking books yes thank you so I, I went from self-published to then mm-hmm. I actually emailed Jack Canfield. So Jack Canfield is the author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and has, Great. I think, 250 books out in print. And I asked him to co-author my fourth book. So with that, we went the traditional route and we have published two together. So I have, I can share perspective on both self-publishing and traditionally publishing books. Well, let's, um, which one? Which one is the one that you and Jack uh, published together? It's these two. So basically my first book was I Can Believe in Myself and it was uh, purchased, it was taken on by a publisher and this one is the redone version that you're looking at. So I Can Believe in Myself and The Big Bad Bully are co-authored with Jack Hanfield. Sorry, you froze. (gasps) I don't know what you said. Oh, okay. Our internet is kind of wonky. If this happens again, what we'll do is we'll just um, remove our videos. Okay. And then that should stabilize. Um, so what did you, okay. What was the book that you and Jack published together? So we published two books together. I can, be, the first one was the big bad bully. And then my, our publisher redid my very first book. I can believe in myself. So it came out earlier this year, completely redone. Um, the illustrations redone, and then Jack Canfield added self-esteem building exercises at the end of the book. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some adults or parents could use those too, as you're (laughs) reading to your children. Yes, yes. (laughs) Let's talk about the big bad bully, because I, and Miriam and I were just talking that even though this is October, these, and I don't know about you as being a parent, but we always look for good books for our kids for Christmas. I know and you like you, it hasn't even Halloween hasn't even happened yet, but we all know that everybody's kind of going to start thinking about Christmas. So I, you guys have to look at these books. Let's talk about this one because I know that through um, high school, my kids have experienced bullying. It comes from friends, unfortunately, sometimes, uh, friends ganging up with other friends on them. Um, let's talk about this one for a second. Sure, sure. So the big bad bully is a story with a twist. We all know about the bullies out there in schools, playgrounds, you know, all of those places. But what we don't often talk about is the bully within. So this book is the story of a little girl who has been bullied from kindergarten all the way up to grade six, which takes us to when the book started. She's been bullied the whole time and she finally gets the courage to confront her bully. She says, tomorrow is my day, I'm gonna go and find her. Well, she walks into the girl's bathroom and that's when 
the twist is revealed. The twist is that she's looking at herself in the mirror. She has been the one that criticized herself when she was little for the pigtails she wore. She's the one that criticized her baby clothing. And then at this point, she's the one that's criticizing her face full of acne. So it's our own negative self-talk. It's our limiting thoughts. It's our judgments of ourselves. That's the big bad bully. Thank you. (laughs) And Sylvie, this came to me one day when I was having a conversation with my daughter. She was in the sixth grade Mm -hmm. and she was standing in front of the mirror saying things like, mommy, why are my legs so short? Why do I have such frizzy hair? Why do I have pimples? And, you know, as parents were saying to her, what are you talking about? You're beautiful. You know, that's (laughs) going to pass. Don't worry. She just, she wouldn't stop until I went up to her and I said, stop it. You're bullying yourself. And she went quiet. I mean, kids right now know how bad bullying is. We all know, but in schools, they're taught so much that, you know, we shouldn't do this to somebody else. So the Mm -hmm. thought that she was bullying herself was enough to get her to stop and really think about it. That night, I just started writing that that story because it it was it was oh. so real. Oh my gosh! So did that that change her mindset when she kind of took a it, or it, take a couple yeah. days to sink in? The first thing is I noticed that she understood that, and you right. know if and, and we had a long conversation after that you would not talk to a friend the way you have been talking to yourself in front of the mirror. You would not be criticizing your friend because of all of these things. So why are you doing it to yourself? And then I taught her an exercise that was taught to me about going in front of the mirror and talking to yourself, talking about the good things that happened that day, maybe talking about risks you took, uh, temptations you resisted. And at the end, tell yourself, I love you. So this Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is so interesting that we're talking about this now. So this is my story, The Big Bad Bully. I did a TEDx talk on it. And yesterday I was listening to Lori Harder interview Mel Robbins about her new book. And it's all about the high five, uh, high five factor, high five something. I should have written it, but basically that's what it is. It's about going in front of the mirror every day and high fiving yourself. And she's talking about the exact same things. It's that self-judgment, that self-criticism. We just need to put an end to that. We just need to stop that. Yeah. You know, cause I have a 19 year old daughter mm-hmm. and she was the one that, I mean, her, she was the one who was bullied a lot in high in elementary school because her, her eyes weren't straight. Oh my. Um, yeah. She had visual impairment from baby, like from childhood. Um, she was born like that. And, and you know what? It, it's, it, it kills you as a parent knowing that this is happening and there's nothing really you can you can do you cannot talk to enough parents or teachers or whatever you just have to give your kids the tools to to work through it yourself and um I told her I said I said who you know who are these people and you know she told me who they are and I know who they were and I said but who's really your friend you know maybe the the not so cute girl or boy and you're trying so hard to be friends with these pretty people do you know what I mean like yes the popular ones and this was my story in in elementary school too right you always want to be friends with the popular right. ones and they're the ones who are gonna like 
they will never be your friends. I said, you will, they will never be your friends. I said, you make friends with your friends who want to be your friends, you know? And, and that's what she did. And so they were like a little team, the two, there's three of them. And, um, and I know things changed after that because uh, I was just like, you know what, these people, yeah, these kids, yeah. you know, you might've known them back when you were like, I don't know, in daycare or something. Right. Right. But they more, they change. And if they're not nice to you, they're never going to be nice to you. So don't yeah. try and make them your friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's like, yeah. And I, and I tell my kids that even now, you know, they come back with different stories of bullying, you know, not mm-hmm. like what happened to her, like, you know, and I'm just like, wow, you know, yeah. elementary school has not changed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, know so- you, you gave her, you gave her great advice. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the main thing is that we cannot control what other people say to us. Mm-hmm. We cannot, but we can right. control what we say to ourselves after oh, they have finished sure. talking, right? So if somebody is uh, criticizing you or putting you down, you know, I think of if somebody was to say to you, Sylvie, you have green hair, would that affect you? Would you be upset? No. No. I'm and like, why well, my is roots that? are showing through. <laughs> <laughs> and, and why is that? Why wouldn't that upset you? Because I know it's not true. And it, and yeah. I've, I don't let things like that. It's just like, don't, it's not, not sweating the small stuff. Like there's bigger things that I need to think about than maybe somebody's opinion that. But the main thing there, Sylvie, is that it's not true. So somebody Mm -hmm. can tell us something and we know the truth. That's not who I am. What you say is not who I am. So let's not internalize it. So that's one thing. Another thing that we have to say, like, that's their opinion and they're not very nice people but it's not who we are, right? Like, yeah. it's just not who we are. Um, so that's how that book came about. It, it's more about the the other side of it and our, our negative talk. And it did mm. help my daughter. And I, I, I know that it's helped a lot of other children. So it was fun to put together. It was definitely fun to co-author that with Jack. I mean, he's just, he's just so smart, so much wisdom. Also in the back of the book, we have self-esteem building exercises for children and for parents to do with their kids. I love that. I love that you have um, like um, exercises to do because it's one thing to read it, but then it's another thing to actually solidify it. And, and I don't know if you can maybe make something for teenagers because that would be really good. Mm -hmm. Because You know, Miriam, what I found with my daughter and um, you know, because she moved out with her dad when she was 16. So that happens, right? Like, anyways, it happens. Yes. And I was going through her room and I found some notes and it was, ah, I thought I was, I actually, I kept it over here. Hold on. Oh my. I will show you because I thought I was going to cry and I'm like, you know, how much has my daughter been going through all these things? And I don't know if you can see this. Yes, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So things that she wrote around there, you know, um, uh, fatty, I'm on a diet. Are you pregnant? You need to eat less. You need to eat more. 
anorexic, you're fat, take diet pills. Like I was like, oh my God, like uh, what have I been doing? You know, like what have I been have I been subconsciously saying stuff? Like, you know, as parents, I was just like, um, you know, I had my own traumatic, you know, teenage years and I should really do not want to bring it back and, and I don't want to repeat it to my kids. So I'm right. really like trying to be super conscious about, you know, about what do you think, what you say? And uh, when I found that, I thought, oh my God. Oh. That, that's, and, that's so difficult. That's so difficult. Yeah. And at the time, you know, we weren't on the best terms because she moved with her dad. And, and so you can only wait for the best time to kind of ask her if, if there's still like, you know, is there anything that needs to be mm-hmm. discussed, you know, and just to make sure that she knows that I'm there for her. For sure, yeah. Sylvie. And, and I, I'll just say that that's why I started writing children's books. That, that's yeah. really, I feel like if we get to them when they are younger, they will have mm-hmm. less to deal with when they're older. Uh, you You're know, I've right. looked into this so much. Children by the age of nine have already made up their mind about whether they are intelligent or not, whether mm-hmm. they're smart or not, whether they fit in or not. So that's why I started writing for that age group, the four to eight, because that's when all of these things are all these decisions are being made in their minds it doesn't mean we cannot help them later we certainly can Mm -hmm. but getting to kids when they're younger i mean this is just this is one topic but there are so many important topics to be had with children and i feel like if we can put it into a children's book hide that message in there somewhere and that's really the key of a good children's book author is to hide that message in there so that the child reading is being entertained and then they're discovering this message for them for themselves Mm -hmm. that's going to stay with them so i i mean i can totally relate to what you're saying i have an 18 year old and a 16 year old also those little kids who i started writing for are now teenagers Mm -hmm. Um, and and what we can do now is support them um finding them good books also to read. And that's a little bit hard. Good books. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Let me share something that (laughs) when the pandemic started, um, this was my husband's idea. Actually, we put out, um, we have three teenagers now in the house. So we put out all of our books that we like, like Rachel Hall is like, um, seven habits of highly effective people. Uh, no, yes. Um, you know, all the positive books, because we're self-esteem mm-hmm. junkies. And we said to them, if whatever book you finish, we'll give you $50. Oh. So you Ooh. know what, that has worked. So my 14 year old son, he didn't care for it. I think he finished one book, my 16 year old daughter, I think she's on book seven. So again, we choose the books, they're out there. Oh, this is and like they, as many as you can read. Oh, like, well, and it's 50 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, they're not, I mean, it's taking them months to read the books, right. but they're learning the type of things I wish I would have learned. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my daughter will be like, okay, here's a book, e-transfer me, please. What other book can I read? But they're, they're learning so much, right? Like uh-huh. it's all those good books and I'm choosing the books. We're not talking about fiction books. They're all nonfiction that, that help them with their own self-esteem. A little trick <laughs> that's been working for us. I've read some of those and I'm like, I don't know what kind of message is going out there, but if teenagers are reading that, they're in trouble. 
You mean like fiction books? Yeah. Yeah, the fiction, they they won't. They don't, they, they want to be on social media. They don't want to be reading. That's, that's what we started when the pandemic started and everything was closed, you know, when everything mm -hmm. was canceled. So at least they're getting some good things in them. Yeah. So let's talk about um, how publishing has changed. Because I love the fact that you're a publishing house because honestly, who can give up a book like, like to read it on a Kindle? Like, you know, I, uh, I do a lot of audio books myself just because I'm busy, but I have one book for my morning that I'm reading. I have one at, on my bedside tale. It'll take me months to get through mm -hmm. them, but I cannot do electronic. So how has publishing changed for you? Or are you bringing all the paperbacks? Back um, yeah, for me, that's how I read. Uh, also, mm -hmm. I, I want to hold the book. And I believe children, the majority of children will read books that they can hold in their hands. It's also a very special time for a parent to sit with their child at the end of the day or at any time and sit with them. Children not only enjoy the, the book, they enjoy being close to their parent and the attention that they're getting, right? That one-on-one -on -one time. So yeah, publishing has changed in that way, but it's also changed, like if, if any of your listeners are thinking of writing their own books, either adult books or children's books, there's three ways of getting published. The first is the traditional route, which has always been the way, but that has completely changed. Publishing companies are no longer taking a lot of authors. They're taking a handful of authors. Um, you not only have to be writing about a topic they want to publish, but mm -hmm. they're looking at your audience. They're looking at your platform. How many people do you have on your social media? How many people do you have in your newsletter? You know, they're looking at all of that. And if we think of it from their point of view, it is a risk to publish a book. They're putting out all of the expenses to get it published and then to market the book. So they cannot take on a brand new author that doesn't have a following to market to. Uh, so yeah. this is why people don't get those traditional deals anymore. And that's okay because there are other options. I'll share that the only way that I got my last two books traditionally published was because I had Jack Canfield's name with it. Wow. It would not have happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just going to give you another, uh, just maybe oversharing, but we also had three publishers say no to us, even though Jack is one of the biggest authors right now, or at the time when Chicken Soup was out, because yeah. they weren't looking for books with the topic that we had because it wasn't the right time. So we were rejected oh. three times still hmm. with his name. Okay. So then the second like, option is, yeah. <laughs> like the Jack Canfield, you know, like <laughs> not like his brother or anything. <laughs> yes. And, and that was okay. Then we had a publisher that picked up the two books. Um, then the next option for publishing, if you, if you are serious about publishing your book is to self-publish. You know, that has become so common. Um, you can get your book printed through Amazon. You no longer have to go with a printing company and spend on printing thousands of books. So that is a great option. Um, with self-publishing, basically what you're doing is opening your own publishing company, your own business, putting all the pieces together. So hiring the people that you need. So you would hire your editor to edit the book. If it's a children's book, you hire your illustrator, then you hire a book designer, and then you go and publish it. 
through Amazon or with a printing company if you wish to do that. So that is, um, that's the way a lot of people are doing it. The danger, there's two dangers in that. One that people try and cut costs, too many costs along the way that in the end, it doesn't look like a quality product. So make sure if that's you, just make sure your product is a great cover. You hire a professional editor. If you have illustrations, you get somebody that has experience because you want people are gonna buy quality products. And then the other danger is that when you're self-publishing, you may not make it to the finish line because there's a lot of steps, right? Like I'm just being honest, right? A lot of people want to publish their books, self-publish, mm -hmm. but they never see their books come to life or a child enjoying their books because they get lost in the middle, the negative, the bully in their mind starts happening, starts talking yeah. to them or life gets in the way. So then there is a third option, which is hybrid publishing. This is where hybrid publishers all work differently. I own, so my publishing company is a hybrid publisher where people pay me for the services that we're providing. Um, and it, with my hybrid publishing company, we help them from beginning to end and we publish their books in the end. So we're the people that are doing the editing for them. Um, we don't do the illustrations, but we help them find and contract an illustrator. We do the book oh, design, okay. the setting up on Amazon. So I know that there are companies that do that for adult books also. I mm -hmm. won't refer any because I have not worked with any myself, but I just want <laughs> your audience to know that those are the options now. And if you, if they have a dream of being an author, find somebody that has already done it. Why reinvent yeah. the wheel? ask for help, mm -hmm. hire them to help you. And it is, it's so rewarding to see somebody holding your book and to know that your book has made a difference in some way. It's, yes. it's yeah, it's just amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And then also for yourself, the pride that you have in accomplishing something that you've wanted to for either a long time or just for a couple of months, but it's, uh, it's a great feeling. Oh, I can tell you beaming. <laughs> well, it's, and, and I love that uh, because like I was saying, I think as kids or as parents, we're always looking for a good book that makes sense. That's sending a really good message. I don't know. times I go into bookstores and I'm like, I don't know, but I don't want my kid to read this. Like, it's just, right. they're just, they take these, I don't know, maybe life problems and they don't, they don't twist them and I don't know, I, or maybe it's just their story around it that I don't want to wrap myself around it. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. Yeah. And mm. I mean, there are some children's books that also don't have a message and maybe it's just, and, and that is okay too. You have to be, I mean, you should look yeah. at what, what you're buying. Yeah, there's those like, what is this book really about? And right. it's kind of like some, some of the shows on TV. I'm like, I asked myself, I'm like, what are you learning right now? <laughs> There's like this, I don't know, it's a show. It's called it's it's about a slug. It doesn't talk, it just does all sorts of crazy, funny movements. And it honestly, it draws you in. I'm like, I've been gone. And, 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 and anyways, I'm but I'm like, what are you learning from this thing? What are you learning? <laughs> Good. Turn it off and move to something else. But so now you have, you're going to share with us also some tips on getting your book or getting tips on getting a book to be a bestseller. 
Now, this mm -hmm. is where, are you talking on Amazon or? Yes. Is that where the yes. bestseller books sit nowadays? Yes. Well, there's a, there's a couple, right? If you, we all hear about New York Times bestseller. Right. I'll just, I'll share that that is only for books that are traditionally published. And to get a book to be a new, a New York Times bestseller, it takes a lot, a lot of books sold within a one week period. Like we're talking oh. 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 books sold within a one week period. And you have to be traditionally published. So that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an Amazon bestseller because that's really right. where most people are going to self-publish their books. Mm -hmm. So the key there to being an Amazon bestseller, and you can call yourself a bestseller after that, is to put all of your efforts into one day, one day that you choose this day to launch your book, okay. and that you have everybody you know going that day to purchase your book on Amazon. You do have to figure out what category to have your book on, um, which okay. just takes a little bit of work ahead of time. But launching a book it's not only you sharing that the book is out and maybe your illustrator that's excited. Um, I would suggest putting, having a plan. I call it having an ambassador list. So you're asking mm -hmm. people that you know if they would be willing to share. You ask them a month ahead of time. Would you be willing to share, Sylvie, that my book is coming out on this day? I'll give you the copy that you can just copy and paste. You could say, my friend Miriam has a great book about this and that. It's coming out on this day. Please go and purchase it for your children or the teachers in your life or, you know, all of that. So you make it easy for people to share mm -hmm. that your book is coming out. What you want to be is omnipresent that day where people are talking about you and your book and you don't have to right. be the one always sharing about it. Um, really, mm -hmm. that's, that's the biggest secret I can give you is send everybody to Amazon to purchase your book during that day that one day. Okay. So that's, that's, it. it's just like launching a podcast. you got to get your street team involved, send them reminders, reminders, reminders. Yes. don't forget share. Okay. And then, so how does it work with Amazon? Is it also like a certain amount of sales on that day that would drive it? It, it to is. Yes, okay. that's exactly what it is. The thing is that we, you won't know how many books it takes to be an Amazon bestseller on that oh, day because you don't know who you're competing right. with, who else is releasing a book. You don't know any of that, but you just okay. want to put in all your efforts. Like you said, when you start your podcast, everybody purchasing on that day. Um, mm -hmm. You also want to choose a category that's not, you know, there are some categories, like if you just put children's books, well, there's a, there are, there's 11 million books on Amazon. You want to not just only say children's books. Within children's books, there's categories about friendship, about family, oh, about okay. empowerment, about so, and then within empowerment, there's more categories. So you want to oh, go to the smallest. Like a, exactly. Like yeah. 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 So now I had a question I was thinking, um, and this just goes back to a couple things that you were saying about publishing on Amazon. Now, do they publish a book every time it's being sold if they're taking care of it or do they or do they pub or they, do they print a, a bunch of books, sell those and then print another bunch? How does it work? Yes. I just wanted to okay. ask you that. Yeah, so the so Amazon is not your publisher. 
Amazon, oh, I see. Okay. Amazon helps in two ways to sell the book and also right. to print the book. If you choose to well, use the I mean. printing yeah, services. Print. Yeah. So it's called print on demand that they print it uh, as people okay. order them. I assume that that's how they do it. They may print a bunch and then from there uh, okay. send, I'm not sure. If you do, but I do want to say that they're not the only printing company. Like my first three books that I self-published, it was before Amazon had print on demand. I actually went to a printing company and I printed thousands of books. I have luckily sold all of them, but it's another, <laughs> invest, it's another investment, right? right? So you do have other choices. You have other choices. Mm -hmm. And then I would sell the books on my website and then also sell them on Amazon. So for that, I'm I'm mailing Amazon a number of books that then when right. people purchase from them, then they're mailing it to them. Um, right. I'll share also, Sylvie, because I don't think I've said this, when I, for many, many years, what I would do is I wouldn't just sell my books one at a time. I loved going into schools and doing workshops. Oh, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. Yes, I would read my book. I'd spend 45 minutes with each group read my book, and then talk about the message behind the book. So for I Can Believe in Myself, I would actually take kids through an exercise to let go of whatever they believe they can't, they couldn't do at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, for The Big Bad Bully, I have another exercise. So that part, I, I just absolutely loved it. Um, and that's one of the great things about being an author, a children's book author. Mm -hmm. You can go into schools. If you're an adult author, it opens up, books open up, opportunities and open up doors, right? You, yeah. especially with speaking engagements. Have you ever done libraries? Like, I don't know if they do them now because of COVID, but mm -hmm. before we used to, in our local library, they used to have uh, like authors like yourself or even like a story time um, mm -hmm. where they had somebody come in, they would read a book. Have you ever done that as well? I did it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, well, libraries libraries don't pay the authors to come in. No. So yeah. I did I did a little bit to promote the books, but I really like the schools because you're making an income from that. And then I right. could sell my books in the schools, like send home mm -hmm. a pre-order form. So that really helps. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, I and that was getting fun. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's authors that are, that have a message to share. I think that's what, that's the beauty of a book that you're able to share either a children's book or adult. You're able to share a part of you. You're able to share a message that's important to you. Something mm -hmm. that's happened in your life, like mine with the big bad bully and my daughter and be able to help other people going through similar things. And even if yeah. they're not going through it, it opens up the conversation with the parents for you to have that conversation with them. Yeah, I know that's, um, that's perfect because it's an easy, it's an easier way of opening up that conversation when you have something that you can read and then go, so what do you think? You know what I mean? What do you think yes. about this? And I know, cause that's another thing I try and make uh, communication pretty open with my kids and and talk about like what happened in school. And I remember downloading, sorry, I found it, but I, I always think about this. It's like the top 25 best questions to ask your kid when they get home, you know, instead of like, how was your day? It's like, oh, you know, right. How do you answer that? Yeah, it was okay. It was good, you know. <laughs> but, right. Or the, what did like, you do today? What did you yeah, learn exactly. today? So, <laughs> yeah. It's just, and I've, 
you know, I should go look for that because I keep thinking about it all the time. I was just like these good, like engaging questions that make them like sit there and actually have a conversation with you <laughs> so that you, you can get to know what's going on without crying too much. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, so I, anyways, I thought of, I think about that all the time and I should really <laughs> yes, just, uh, it's go so do that. But books are the same because you know, they, um, and you can keep going back to them and back to them and reading them as they get older, because, you know, as you age, you have a different set of issues right. wrapped around the same concept and, and you're like, so, but so now you have, oh yeah, we're going to ask you, what is the age group that's perfect for your books? So um, most of the most of the authors that I work with are publishing for children four to eight. Sometimes okay. I stretch that four to nine. For example, the Big Bad Bully will also go up to the twelve-year-olds because the mm -hmm. message in the story is for older kids, and it doesn't mean that a twelve-year-old is going to go and pick out a children's picture book. But especially if you're a parent or a teacher, then you can have a conversation, and it's eat. It's they're very they're easy to read and they're easy to understand the concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you want to share a couple of the books that you have on your desk? Cause you showed me sure. a whole bunch of them. Yeah. So, so let's see yours first. Yes. Well, these are the, the ones traditionally published. The other ones, I have them behind me on, on the bookshelf. So oh, once yeah, I, I see those. Yes. So once I published my five books, I actually started a publishing company, my hybrid publishing company, where yeah. I help aspiring authors fulfill their dreams of becoming authors. So that's what I've been focusing on the last year and a half. And I have to tell you, Sylvie, I have found my purpose with this. I'm just so happy to help people bring that out. So people yeah. that have been wanting to publish their books, even just a couple of years. And then I have some people, I had a lady that we helped her publish her book, her dream when she was nine years old, she knew she wanted to be an author. And then at the age of 59, we published her book. It's called The Power of One. And, you know, so that's just so fulfilling. They're all inspirational books, fun books. Good night, Lena, sleep tight. This mom and daughter uh -huh. duo wanted to teach children the importance of sleep. Oh. Then we have, yeah, Alex and his amazing abilities teaching about, um, Oh. children with different abilities and this is a mom I love that one and I think yeah. about my daughter right mm -hmm. um, yeah that's so powerful mm -hmm. yes and this lady not only was she a mom with a child with a different ability she was also a teacher so she oh. so she wrote the book um it's a great book for teachers to be able to teach that um th these two ladies bend your knees louise their um, grandmothers, their pickleball players that wanted to pass the sport on to children. It is such a cute book, all written and rhymed about the sport of pickleball. So oh my gosh, that. that's so funny. <laughs> this is so perfect for you and your audience, right? Like you could write about any topic, biking, mm -hmm. cycling, right? All, all yeah. of that. Mm. They put it in a fun book. So the other thing they do is um, they've been posting, they've been going to libraries, and they bring the children outside and actually help them teach them how to play pickleball. They go to pickleball <laughs> tournaments and they sell their books there. 
Oh my gosh. Where are those ladies Canadian? They are not. They're uh, from the U.S. Jackie Freeman and Karen Worthy. Oh, because yeah. I, you know, I kind of snickered when I had some clients who like just, and this was, I don't know, about six years ago. They're like, oh yeah. Cause they, they would go to the Florida for Chris, for, for the winter. And they would yes. cycle down there and we got into this sport called pickleball. And I'm like, what the hell? Is that? Yes, <laughs> you know? I'm yeah. like, so we just like associated to be with like a senior sport, but then my girlfriend got into it and I'm like, are you kidding me? She's like, yes, Sylvie, you got to come down and try it out. So being the competitive person that I am, um, I went down and she showed me the ropes. So it's like, it's like squash and badminton mm-hmm. on a tennis, kind of like on a tennis court. So there's a lot of, you know, back and forth and stretch. So I'm like, oh, I can see how this would draw in a lot of people. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm kind of getting a good workout in. This is like challenging. And anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. So bend your you knees. Go. Yeah. Bend your knees, Louise. And they're always sharing about going to, I don't think, I don't know where one lives in Florida, but she was always at tournaments in Florida also. Yeah. So really, I, it was, you, it was just huge in Florida. Like, yes, yeah. Crazy. This is, this is a Canadian author. Where do bears go? Oh no. Where do oh. we go? And it's all about bears, Canadian. Um, oh, that's cute. Yeah. yeah. And that's his passion, protecting the bears. So he wrote oh. about that. And this is actually, um, this is an information book. It's not a nonfiction book. I like really, those too on animals. Yeah. We have quite a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you can tell that I love this. I feel like I'm going to cry together. Purpose. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, everybody has a different story to tell and it's something that's important to them. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's my mission to help that, to help them bring that out. You know, I started off wanting to empower children with my books, but I've realized yeah. that I can help even more children by helping the authors put out their books. Right. So Miriam, how do people, how does one find you or are you finding them or are they finding you? Um, they're finding me. I have a website, miriamlaundry.com. Okay. I provide a lot of free content through my newsletters and mm-hmm. I always have a free course happening. So right now we're, um, we're teaching a, I'm teaching a, a, a course and we're talking about the differences with publishing and choosing the right path for you. That's at right. the end of October. The main thing is go to my website. You'll find all the information there. If, he, if one of your listeners wants to write their own children's book and doesn't know how to start, I offer a free blueprint. They can just go and grab it. And that's yeah, right. yeah. And is it's that, Miriam- that's on your website as well. You, they can just yes. download it from there. Um, they would have to go to miriamlaundry.com forward slash blueprint. And okay. it just helps them figure out if they have a message for the story, um, what the problem of their story should be, what is, what's happening in the story to come up with the solution. So it's a blueprint on how to do that. Mm. So there you go, everybody. If you have an idea swirling around your head that you think would be great on in a book, that's, we'll talk about cycling and cy- cycling related because we've got little itty bitty kids to bigger kids getting on bikes. And I don't know, I'm sure there's a message out there because that somebody would want to read because I can't think of 
seeing a book about cycling, actually, maybe there mm-hmm. needs to be some. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should do it, but <laughs> I've got many years to think about that. <laughs> Sylvie, I am sure you could you could figure out a great little story to bring in cycling um, or the, you know, you could, uh, you know, do this with your son. Do this with Lucas. Just ask him if there's a book about cycling, what, what do you think should be in there? You know, you have to have a, if it's a nonfiction book, you have to have a problem in the story. Is it a child that doesn't believe in themselves to get up on the bike? Is it a child that has fallen once and doesn't want to get up on the bike again? You know, let him brainstorm and brainstorm with him. You can come up with a cute little story, even if it's just for bedtime for you to share with him. Yeah. You, you don't want to know what I'm reading to him right now. Oh, what you'll, are you reading? Buy, actually. It's the wealthy barber. <laughs> oh, actually, I love that book. <laughs> I love that book too. I found it when I was 23. So I was like, guess, guess what we're going to read before bed. I'm like, you read out about of investing. <laughs> well, and you know what, Miriam, it's funny because um, when the kids were young, um, we started them off like, you have to save money. So you save a percentage of the money, like from Christmas, from, from birthdays. And then you, so you save some and you spend some, mm-hmm. right? So you can't save everything. Cause that'd be ridiculous. Cause you have to learn like how to, you know, put away. And so, but he would always like, just spend everything. Like my daughter would be like, okay, I'm putting this away and I'm going to spend that and I'm going to buy something on Amazon. And, you know, like, so she would take a little bit of her, you know, Christmas money and buy something for herself, but she would save, but he would be like spending the whole chunk. I'm like, okay, we need to stop that right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, that was like four or five years old. And, and that's when, like you said, when the learning starts, not that I started that book then, but it -hmm. took a while for him to comprehend. You don't Mm -hmm. spend everything you make. Like Sylvie, what I'm hearing you say is that there should be a children's (laughs) book on how to, what to do with your money, save and spend some, right? Like, this is what I mean. There are every topic every lesson can be a children's book it just has to be delivered in a fun way I'm not saying you have to write this but you know no but it's these are all uh, great ideas (laughs) yeah anyways so now he's got it you know it took it took years it took a couple years for sure like four years Mm -hmm. to get him to think about that like okay I'm gonna put some away but I'm gonna spend some and get I want some Pokemon stuff or Mm-hmm. So, yes. Well, when I have some free time, I'm going to maybe <laughs> put that to work. But I want to thank you so much, Miriam, for coming on here. This has been a really cool um, conversation, even though it wasn't cycling related. Um, like, every one of our, li- if you're a listener and you're like, mm, you know, you have an idea, and maybe some of our conversation has sparked something in you you know who to talk to. Reach out to Miriam. I'm sure you work with everybody and anybody across the globe. Um, Do you? I do. I have clients from all over the world. I do. Yes, I do specialize in children's book. But if you have, you know, if if your listeners have 
if they have a children's book, come find me. I would love to help you. Yes, if you have an but, adult book, yeah, for sure. Keep going with that. The message has to go get to out Amazon there. for your adult book and come to Miriam with your children's book. We, but, but we talked about a couple different ideas for children's books. So maybe somebody out there is just need a little nudge. So don't forget that you can also look for her books on Amazon as Christmas gifts. I know, I know I, I shouldn't even say that before Halloween, but, um, and then also go to her website for the blueprint. Maybe just yeah. flip that over, but I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. And don't forget to follow both of us on your on Instagram. I Yes. Miriam yeah. Laundry Publishing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Miriam Laundry Laundry Publishing and Sylvie Dew underscore cyclist. And plus, don't forget to follow the podcast. So Psych- Secrets from the Saddle podcast on Instagram. So thank you, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, please do, if you have an opportunity to go over to YouTube and give us some comments or maybe you have some questions for both of us, uh, we'd love to answer them there. Take care, everybody. Have a great evening. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you, Sylvie. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.